Hey, it's the podcast at moresportsnow.com. We cover both sides of the Hudson. Steve Titchener here with Matt Lachlan. And on the phone, we are joined by our own John McAlevey. And John, we will get to the Giants, but are we warming up the duck boats? That's the question, John. Well, four more wins. That's what we're looking for. Four more wins. uh, From the swap. You always calm me down, John. What's that? I always get ahead of myself and you calm me down. I know. I'm trying to uh, trying to temper my feelings a little bit. I tell you, on a personal note, the uh, the two teams squaring off in the Fall Classic were my dad's two favorite teams. Growing up in Newark, he was a Brooklyn Dodgers fan, and then when they uh, when they left town, he he still kept track uh, of them and was always a Dodger fan. I know we he took uh, myself and the family down to uh, Vero Beach when we were kids uh, and uh, check out Dodger Town, but. It should be, I mean, it, this is a media match made in heaven. You have Boston and L.A., the two big markets, and probably the two best teams uh, in baseball in both leagues. And, it, um, you know, game one, you've got two of the best pitchers probably of the last decade, I would say. And Kershaw is going into the Hall of Fame on a skateboard, and, and Chris Sale has been great. Still looking for his first big postseason moment. Maybe we'll see it Tuesday night. And, no, possible. Uh, look, you've got two historic franchises playing. This is beautiful. This is this is a perfect matchup. I, I don't know what the ratings will be. Uh, numbers are down across the board when it comes to TV viewing, but I think baseball has gotten, uh, and the network has exactly what it wants, two big markets, Boston not nearly as big, but two terrific teams with long histories. And as long as their histories are, and in some ways intertwined, They've really never played each other all that much. So that adds a little bit of intrigue to it. I think it's going to be a terrific series. I would see it going seven games. I'm not sure which way I'm leaning at this point. Uh, The Red Sox lineup is probably a little better, but I wouldn't look past the Dodgers lineup. Uh, Boston's pitching in the postseason. I mean, if David Price can pitch the way he did his last outing, gives me some hope there. But the Dodgers certainly, I think, on paper probably have the better rotation. But like you said, what, what's Clayton Kershaw going to do? He's never been a playoff pitcher. It, it's going to be a fascinating well, series. Well, isn't it interesting, the matchup this evening, Sale and Kershaw, and none of them world beaters in the playoffs. Yeah. Great regular season pitchers, but in the playoffs, it's a different story. Now, Kershaw's had a, a, several more cracks on it than Sale has, but look, um, it's been interesting to see who has butterflies and who doesn't. I mean, Kershaw has been better, but at the beginning of his career, he was awful in the playoffs. Yeah, he he hasn't really had uh, the success of someone with the resume that he has. I mean, when you when you just put him in the Google machine, as the kids like to say nowadays, and take a look at his numbers, I mean, they're they're almost like cartoonish in some ways. He's been so good in the regular season and oftentimes so bad in the playoffs and uh, sort of almost like the same thing with Chris Dale. He's been great in the regular season and has been really bad in, in the postseason. So interesting to see game one. I'm also fired up to see if David Price, who came out of nowhere to pitch just a tremendous game uh, five for, uh, for Boston in Houston and to see him, finally have some success. Maybe that's something that he can feed off of and gives us or gives Red Sox fans another game that they can hang their hat on. Well, we're talking about starting pitching, right? And and that's old school. 
the bullpens are going to decide this in all likelihood. And Craig Kimbrell is a roller coaster ride personified. However, I guess they figured out that he was tipping his pitches, and surely that'll be corrected. Whether or not it's effective, I don't know. But apparently, somebody told Alex Cora. Uh, by Do the way, you know who it was, Matt? Did no. you see the story? No. It was Eric Gagne. Oh, really? Okay, the yes. old reliever. Yeah. Eric Gagne. It was a great story. I read it the other day. He and Alex Cora were teammates with the Dodgers back in the day. Right. And both of them, you know, Gagne being the closer, sat around for most of the games, and Cora was was not a starting player. So they just started doing this where they would sit in the dugout together and they developed this thing where they were trying to find if pitchers were tipping their pitches. And and they came up with sort of a system. And Gagne, since he's been out of baseball now, he says he can't watch a game now without staring at pitchers to try and find this. And he saw something that Kimbrell was doing, and he texted Cora and said, I don't know if you want me to tell you this or not, but this is what I'm seeing. They related to Kimbrell. They never spoke on the phone. It was all done through text. And from game four to game five, he did something different, and they weren't getting great swings on him. It's a great story. So a Dodger, a former Dodger, is helping a current Boston manager perhaps beat his team. I yeah. mean, come on. Where are the loyalties here? Is it friendship yeah. or is it team uh-huh. organization? Well, didn't, didn't, and then Dave Roberts, that's the other great story. And by the way, that's a great story. I didn't see that. And, uh, you know, Gagne yeah, had a couple outstanding years, of course. We I know think he, he had was, a cup of coffee with he, the Red Sox, Gagne. He was, did he? He, he, did was, he, he was awful. Remember, they traded for him. <laughs> well, he was so bad. Unfortunately, he was juiced up. Right, yeah. he was one of the steroid guys. I think so. No, yeah. no, that, big, that that's big guy. But yeah, he, he got caught up in all that for yeah. sure. Yeah, Gagne. But he, he had 50, 50 saves one year, right? But then you got yeah. on the other in the other dugout, you got the hero of two thousand four, right? Dave, Dave Roberts. Dave Roberts. Yeah. Um, who's going to cool. try to beat yeah. a team that uh, ended a long jinx? Thanks to a stolen base. Yep, and he still gets an ovation when he comes to the Boston. I'd imagine he'll get another one when he uh, when he. You comes know, there in. was a there were some sports writers up in Boston that say, you know, what would be the greatest thing? You know, each and every year they bring out you know great Red Sox and great team whoever's in the World Series to throw out the first pitch. Someone said they should let Dave Roberts throw out the first pitch at Fenway. <laughs> that yeah, that. Zappi, there's a guy that will never have to buy a drink in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts for the rest of his life. He's a folk hero. And Steve, without that stolen base, that everybody in the world knew he was going to have to try and get Yep. We wouldn't probably be talking. There would be no 2000. And not there enough. New, no, listen, 2007 not enough said. Huge stolen base, but not enough said about Bill Miller's uh, single up the middle off of uh, uh, an amazing closer. In, in Rivera. Absolutely, but but that single means nothing if Robert is still on first base or if he's thrown out. True. It just seems to always come back to that stolen base when that single was just as important, you know. Uh, but no, yeah, it, especially when everybody and their mother knew that he had to get there. He had to go. Sure. The only reason they brought him in at the end of the year was to steal bases, and he had to get there. Yep. Boy, was it close. Well, it was. Now, and here's the other thing. We're, we're talking about these two great franchises, the two oldest ball or two of the three oldest ballparks in baseball, right? Yeah. Uh, and two different settings, mm-hmm. but iconic in their own ways. Uh, the green monster in Fenway. And then you look out at the Santa, uh, Santa, not Santa Monica mountains, but the, the you know, the mountains that look 
beyond Chavez Ravine. It's unbelievable. And you've been Which, here. By the way, is a beautiful. You've been beautiful, to Dodger Stadium. Oh, I've never ballpark. been there. Here, oh, it's, it's awesome. It's a beautiful ballpark. Really, it really is. And it's well maintained. Mm-hmm. It's helped by the great weather. That helps keep sure. everything a little fresher. Uh, the interesting thing about it is that you enter on the level you're sitting. Really? Yeah. Okay. So the parking wow. levels, and, and oh yeah, they're and you know they're macadam parking lots. It's not a garage, mm-hmm. but you can drive around and park and walk into the upper deck. That's pretty or cool. You can, or you can park and walk into the mezzanine, mm-hmm. or you walk in below. So and, it's wild. And listen, they draw too. They, they love their yeah. Dodgers. They out show there. up a little because, late, maybe. Because listen, I mean, it's hey, come on. I mean, they leave a little early. Talk about a casual fan yeah. out in L.A., but they love their Dodgers. They're probably most passionate in L.A. about the Dodgers. Yeah, right? I am I right? So. Yeah, Dodgers no, are Lakers. Lakers. Lakers come pretty close. Okay, but I would say you're right. Mm-hmm. I would say you're right. The Dodgers have just a deep deeper history. Uh, well, I guess it's close from when Minneapolis moved to Los Angeles. But at any rate, uh, they're both beloved franchises. Dodgers may be a little bit more. And football. But I mean, it's just from, from, from a standpoint, from any standpoint, this is a terrific series. In football, they just come and go, right? The Rams, uh, we're at Now they got two teams. Uh, yeah, well, now the Chargers come in. It's like, you know. Yeah, they're, they're both good. They're yeah. both the good. Are, yeah. The Rams are undefeated, yeah. And the Chargers the are like five and two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Here's they went from no teams. No teams, and no then they teams. got two very good teams. They got yeah. two very good teams, yeah. True. Here's a quandary for you guys. I'll, I'll ask you to put your Alex Cora hat on when uh, when the game switched to L.A. and the National League. There's talk of because he came up in the minor leagues as a second baseman. Yeah, Mookie going to second. moving Mookie Betts to play second base to keep J.D. Martinez at stick in the lineup. I mm-hmm. mean, it would, it would really, really hamstring – what is probably the best defensive outfield in all of baseball. And, and without their play against Houston, some amazing catches uh, and throws and whatnot, it will keep a big bat in the lineup, but it will really severely hurt your defense. Is that something that you guys would entertain even for well, one Well, you know, as least? good as a, an athlete Mookie Betts is, I would believe that he would handle second fine, but then you're, you're that's a big, big gap there in right field, right? So um, with, what would they do? Would J.D. go to right field? They, well, here's the thing. They would either put J.D. in right field and um, keep the other two, keep Jackie in center and Ben and Tandy, or there's talk maybe – would they put him in left field? And that would take, um, you know, they would put Ben and Tendi in, in, right. in right field and, mm-hmm. and put Mookie there. But just think about some of those scenarios. If J.D. was playing right field in, I guess it was game four or game five, and um, that that line drive uh, to right field that Mookie fields and fires and throws the guy out yeah. at second base, J.D. Martinez isn't going to make that play. Not to mention robbing home runs, back. hello. You know? Yeah, he's also not going to get back to the wall to to save that. You know, the, to get that call where the they interference, the home run. Mm-hmm. And if he's in left field, do you think he's going to make that diving catch that Ben and Tendi made? No. no chance. <laughs> right. So, so the question is, it looks like what they're going to do is I, I don't think they're going to do it. I think they're going to leave um, leave it as is, and I think that they'll just take Jackie Bradley out of the lineup and and put. Um, uh, ben Intendi in center field. I think they'll put JD in left, and that might yeah. be their best option, quite frankly. But we'll see. You're right. Yeah. Uh, that that DH does change a lot, and of things. doesn't it? It tells you how important defense is, which we, you know, years ago was forgotten about, and now it's 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 valued as as much as ever because it's so important. And we saw that with the Red Sox outfield in 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 the playoffs so far. They've been phenomenal defensively, and how important that is, right? Without a doubt. They, now, let me ask you this, they, John. 
uh, with Sale, is any concern with his health? Remember, he had this that stomach ailment. Now he's gotten the rest, but has that uh, thrown him off, perhaps? Did you see what he did to the media, how he tried I heard, them? yeah. Have, yeah, he made he up said? some BS story, yeah. But a belly ring funny. or something. Yeah. yeah I'd be more worried about his shoulder, right, which he had some issues with toward the end of the season. I, I think the yeah. stomach virus comes and goes, but I, I, I would be a little concerned about the shoulder. But Absolutely. Mm. That's been the thing. They tried to uh, They tried to shave his innings down this year. They got him out of some games when he was cruising along to try and – you know, cut back on some of the innings and save some bullets. But listen, he likes to think of himself as one of the best in the game. He's going up against probably the best in the game. You want to go mano a mano with the best. It's time for him to uh, to show up. I mean, he, he's got to go six or seven innings and, and you know, uh, two or three runs tops. He's, he's got to answer the bell. I mean, now is the time. This is what they brought him yeah. here for. And, um you know, you're in the fall classic. Everybody's watching you. You're one of only two teams left. Let's go. It's time to get going. That's and it. Predictions, I say Sox and six coming back to Fenway, winning the first one back in Fenway for the championship. What do you say, Johnny? You know something? I, I think I'm right there with Mr. Lachlan. I think this is going to go seven. Ooh, I just okay. think it's got all. I hope it goes seven. As Matt was saying, it's got everything you would want from the media markets to the old franchises, to the ballparks. I want this to go on as long as it can, as long as the games are as, as entertaining as they have been. So I'll say seven games, and of course I can't pick against my team, so I'll, I'll say the Red Sox in seven. Everybody makes a connection between the Mets and the Dodgers. The Dodgers go out to Los Angeles. The Giants leave New York and go to San Francisco. New York City doesn't have a National League team. Here come the Mets, and for some reason more associated with the Dodgers than with the Giants. So the Mets and the Dodgers have a connection. I'm a National League guy. I'm a Mets fan, so I have to say the Dodgers – and let's make it exciting. Let's say they steal the thunder in seven. Let's say they go into the belly of the beast, tied at three. They stare down all those fans, Mark Wahlberg and uh, all those celebrity Matt fans, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. That's it. They stare them down and they say, I love L.A. And they take the trophy wow. with them to Matt Los Angeles. He's a na- spoken like a National League fan. Absolutely. Right. Okay. Okay. And Justin Turner with that red beard is yep. going to steal it, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. How about Kimbrel with his red beard, red, yeah. big red beard, striking out Turner with his red beard to end it all on well, game six? Yes. I will see. Yes. We'll see. You so, know, one thing, yeah, go on. One thing that could throw a little monkey wrench into it, I'm seeing that the weather is not supposed to be very good in Boston. And, oh, well. Wow. Uh, Tuesday night, and uh, I'm not sure about Wednesday, but it's going to be going to be a swing in that way too it's going to be chilly yeah the dodgers aren't going to like that it's going to be warm out in la la land yeah the dodgers aren't going to like that cold weather socks that no problem with it so we'll uh gotta hope not yeah right we'll see we'll see hey let's switch to the giants and while rough game last night easy to pile on eli here i know a lot of um a lot of fans are doing it um but it was uh it was a rough go last night johnny what were your feelings oh my gosh do we, can't we still talk about the baseball? It's no, got we're, some hope to it. I, yeah. This, uh, this season, you know, listen, I will put, I will raise my hand high in the air right now. You can't see me doing it, but I am. I bought into this offense. I thought with all of these weapons that, you know, if there was any tread left on the tire, that the Giants were going to light up scoreboards all around the NFL. I thought they'd give up a thousand points. 
but I really and truly thought that their games, win or lose, would be fun because they, they'd be having to add new light bulbs into the scoreboards to, to light up all the points. But, I, I mean, they are so anemic offensively. It starts up front. But, listen, I, I can't be a, an apologist for Eli anymore. He is done. Pat Leonard said this, wrote an article about it, and confronted Eli with it. He spoke with us about the other day. He's done. The party's over, and they have to get into a full, you know, moving ahead with the situation because he has guys that are open, and he completely misses them. How about him on fourth down, or I'm sorry, at the goal line at the end of the game trying to quarterback sneak? I mean, it was so anemic. He was like a 100-year-old man. He didn't even move. And it makes no sense. It makes no sense. So I blame the play calling on that. But was it all Eli? I think it was all Eli. Or I don't think it came from the sideline. Well, That was what the announcer suggested, that he kind of did his own thing. Oh, well, who knows? That, that, that was a mistake. Uh, but you know what I found interesting is last night watching the game, I saw more Twitter action against Eli than I've seen in a long time from a lot of media people. It was it was almost like piling on, which I really? thought was which I thought was unfortunate. Look, their offensive line stinks. John, I agree with you. I agree with what Pat said. You know, Eli's time has come and gone. A great giant a giant Hall of Famer, maybe even an NFL Hall of Famer or football yeah. Hall of Famer. But his time is up. It's it's the clear. The party's over. And part of that is him, and part of that is the disaster around him. Look, they cannot protect him. You know, you, you, when we did the podcast with Pat last week, you know, you trashed, and rightfully so, Amame. And then almost as soon as the show was in the can and up on our website, they announced that he was out. You know, they had moved him aside. So – Five of the guys, they have five guys that they start the season with on the offensive line. They've cut one. They moved another one to the backup spot, and they have a problem at center. They're moving guys over. So they've readjusted on the fly. It hasn't worked. Forget all the nonsense about Odell, who, by the way, showed that he's got he's some producing. talent, although he didn't catch that two-point pass. That, yeah. that was in his hands. But yeah. no, no, last night, you, you saw a lot of what he can do when he's the focus of attention. He's got terrific talent. Barkley, they can't. Other than that, they've got no line. So I, it's it's a problem. But you're right. They're going to have to tear down and start all over. I remember again. a year ago, there was this outrage that McAdoo benched Eli. I mean, as a Giant fan, John, what do, what do you think? I mean, and, oh, he and was now right. Yeah, he was right. He was right. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm at the point now where one of my favorite lines with uh, – with uh, teams or what have you is it's time to strip this down to the wood fellas. This team, there's a reason they had the number two pick. They picked number two last year because they were awful. They were three and 13. So this wasn't going to be a quick fix. I mean, I I was thinking that the offense was going to be better. I didn't think they would make the playoffs, but I thought that they would be a little bit better. And some of this is going to have to start to fall I know it's only his first year on Dave Gettleman. I mean, he came in talking about hog mollies, and he did, Matt. He rearranged the furniture up front. He brought in Nate Solder, gave him $15 million a year. He's awful. Yeah, he's, he's bad. He's in right now. Hernandez gets beat every second or third play. And these other guys, Greco is an 11-year veteran who's been a backup his whole career. Chad Wheeler is is a Fabio lookalike who will probably be out of football in a year, an undrafted guy. And, um, you know, the guy that they brought in to, to play center has been a bit of a journeyman. 
So it's a disaster up front. It's yeah. an absolute disaster. Where else can you get a Fabio mention? Was it a flashback to the uh, 80s? When, 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 yeah, when was, when like was he When was he big? Right? 80s, I think. It was the 80s. Something and then he had like his that. run with the Can't Believe It's Not Butter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that so took. A, I think that brought him dead. into the uh, in this century. The, that that might have. Well, wasn't yeah. he on the cover of all those like uh, yeah, romance, romance novels and all novels, that stuff? Those, those airport that's things. Harlequin. I think that's how it started for him. Yeah. wonder what Fabio's doing right now, man. We should see if we could get him on the More Sports he, Now podcast. You know what? He's I living. Have to tell he's, you another he, quick story. In college, I had to take a literature course, and I had we had to read a book from all the different genres. And I, I, my friends at school laughed at me. My favorite one was the romance novels. It was great. There you go. Got you through those cold nights up in Providence, yeah. I guess. Right? Yeah. Quick yeah. read. Yeah. You know, was easy that enough. one of your tougher classes at at uh, at? Uh, yes, it was absolutely. By the Providence. way, Fabio Absolutely. is probably, you know, I'm going to do a quick Google search, <laughs> but uh, Fabio is probably living in a villa somewhere. Oh, sure. You know, on the Adriatic or maybe the Barcelona Mediterranean or something, something yeah. right? You know, just living sure. the life. Hopefully he still has those long tresses of his because they were, they were his moneymaker. All right, here we go. Fabio Lanzoni, Italian-born, American naturalized citizen. Okay. Yeah, and we talk about, yes, uh, we talk mm-hmm. about the romance novels, covers, and et cetera, et cetera. What's he doing now, though? His personal Does it life. Say how old he is? Uh, yeah. Um, he he's got to be up there with, with, with us. He's 59. He's 59. Oh, well, okay. He's 59. Um, 59. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't really say what he's doing now. Doesn't mm-hmm. really say. Does it, does it mention whether he's still in great shape? Because the Giants could use a right tackle. <laughs> there you go. Well, he was in. Yeah. You probably missed it. Yeah. He was in Sharknado 5. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, right. he played the Pope. Oh, great. He was a big guy, though. Built, if I remember correctly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. 6'3", they list him as. They don't list a weight. All right. Yeah, but anyway. Maybe he could put on a couple weights. Uh, a little past his prime. Pounds, exactly. Yeah, well, a little past his prime like Eli is, unfortunately. Yeah, well, listen, man. You know what? I, I, but I, I, I hate to – look, what's Eli supposed to do? They were all in on him. You know, he, he showed up. Everybody knew the writing well, was on the wall, but the Giants went all in. So, hey, you know, it's just not working out. But isn't it funny? I mean, he was just joking around last week, but I was saying, hey, with, with the weakness in the NFC East, you know, the Giants still were still in it. But, I mean, last night proved that it, there, there's no shot in hell. I mean, this is a bad team. Oh, they're just, they're just bad on top mm-hmm. of bad. And, you know, the head coach is really making some crazy things. How about him going for two points? At that juncture, and then yeah. you know, I don't know was if it? he stuck around or hung in there for the uh, for the press conference afterwards. But you know, he's getting a little testy and a little surly with all the questions. And I'm thinking, hey Pat, you went nine and twenty three in Cleveland. You're one and six with the Giants. Who the hell? What are you, Vince Lombardi? And, and guess what? Here? And it's New York, my friend. You knew what you were getting into. So yeah, yeah. you know. But hey, hey, look, he's he, you know he's having a rough season. It's his first season. You know you got to give him time to get his feet under him. And it's just look, hey, hey listen, you know you know like you said, John, strip it down to the studs, man, and uh, it's it's uh, kind of just rebuild it, rebuild it yeah. through the draft and, and such. Those, so yep. For all of those Giants fans who are looking to this year's draft and saying, hey, we could have had a quarterback last year, coulda, woulda, shoulda. We have Saquon Barkley. We'll get our quarterback this year. Well, yeah. there was a cold blanket that was thrown on that. I saw yep. that Matt had tweeted it out, and I saw it earlier, that Oregon uh, quarterback Justin Herbert is seriously thinking about remaining in Eugene for his senior season. And that was the guy, I think, that the 
that Big Blue and a lot of the NFL scouts were saying would be the first quarterback off the board. Now, that could change. Remember, Sam Darnold said the same thing last year. He and Josh Rosen were both going to remain in college, so that could change. But there's a guy that, you know, if you're looking for your next signal caller uh, for the Giants, that was a guy I think that they were going to look heavily into if they had a top pick. But you can find quarterbacks in other rounds, and they come out of nowhere. Uh, as I mentioned in that daily brief, you look at Kurt Warner, undrafted, Tony Romo, sure. undrafted. So you can find guys uh, mm-hmm. that are pretty successful. So sure. we'll see. But we know what the Giants have to focus on, and that's QB, and they got to do that offensive line over. they got to get some help there. And that'll do it for this week's show. Check out our site, moresportsnow.com. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. For Steve Titchener, Matt Lachlan, John McAlevey. Catch you all next week. Bye-bye.